Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about the various rules that enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. Today's topic is Inside Out and Outside In DMing. So this is a topic that we have mentioned here and there, especially back in episode 19, talking about building a town. But we decided that it's an important topic and one that we both like and decided to just go ahead and give it its own episode to go into some more detail. So diving right in, Nathan, what is Inside Out and Outside In DMing? So Inside Out and Outside In DMing is basically two different styles of DMing. So uh, let me get into the specifics of it. So Inside Out is where your dungeon master creates your world around the player. So what the players see is typically what they get. Um, this allows for the dungeon master to add a bit more detail on the small scale, but a bigger picture um, aspects of your world might not be as fleshed out as outside in DMing. Outside in DMing is where um, the dungeon master basically first builds the world and works from the big picture down to the smaller picture. And this results in a world that makes a bit more cohesive sense on a larger scale. However, this could result in certain places being more similar, uh, certain things being less unique due to the fact that it's been um, basically given less... Less focus on the small things, potentially. Exactly. So even though we mentioned these two things as a binary thing, it is not. It is very much a spectrum that both things are needed when world building. The question is just where any individual's personal style lies on that spectrum. Do you lean more towards one or the other? And it is just a kind of odd coincidence that both Nathan and myself happen to be complete opposite outliers on that spectrum. He has a very strong focus on the inside outside, while I myself have a very strong focus on the outside in. Yeah, I would definitely say that I do lean towards the inside out perspective. However, there are certain other aspects that must be stated. For example, one trait that I do take from the outside in DM perspective is that a lot of my world's events are influenced by larger story points. Uh, that I create on the wider scale, for example, the rift. All these big events are related to the inner story and influence the inner story, uh, the, the story that is closer to what's the players. And I would say that's a trait from outside DMing. And on the other hand, I have a strong like on the inside outside when it comes to the people of the places that get visited. I use the outside in style far more often in terms of the actual world building of the setting much much more but when it comes to the people on that side i love thinking about stupidly minute details i don't just think okay there's these taverns that are led by this person i even actually have charts for certain places certain you know businesses in certain cities in my own world that actually have shift rotation so i know okay if the players go there at this point this is the person who will be there and that is a completely unneeded level of minutia but there are little details that i truly do love to just play with i do have to add outside of inside and out dming 
we we do share uh we do have some differences outside of that um most clearly would be my focus towards plot so i tend to focus more on things that will create a cohesive story as for remy he prefers more um logical like what is the logical um uh, reason behind certain things for, um certain things happening indeed so in particular it could be summed up even though we are talking today particularly about the inside out outside in there are many 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 types of dm styles and many different focuses on how to do it you can be world focused where you have just the giant sandbox and just let your players poke wherever they want to or you can have the much more focused story that you're trying to share with your players and all of these can all be done in so many different ways i hope that we've said this before, but I'll repeat it just in case. There is no wrong style of DMing. Are you having fun? Are your players having fun? Then you're doing fine. Now, we talk about how the two of us are definitely both extreme outliers on that spectrum I mentioned, but you really do need to have both. If you have a game that is only inside out focused while you're building, if you only think about the place where your characters currently are, then you're not going to have a big story prepared necessarily. So if the players ever reach a city and they realize, hey, wait a minute, if, you know, this city has all the mining and this city is always at war with each other, then how do they even have stuff if there's no trade? So you can create potential logical inconsistencies, which as a shocker is something I'm not super fond of. I like things to make sense. So you need to think at least somewhat of what kind of repercussions are there of the other places around you. Because unless you literally have a city that is trapped in a magic bubble, people don't live in a bubble. They interact with the things around them, limited by the dangers of whatever the area itself is and their ability to move through it and live to get to their destination. So that being said, when you have a, let's say, just map of the local continent that you're focusing on for your game and you have 10 cities scattered throughout, there are going to be some level of interactions between them. And how much you want to focus on that is something that can definitely be debated. I think far too much about that side of things. While Nathan likes each area to have its own unique flavor of this is the place of blank. Like this, he has a lot more detail focused on the small scale. And that's what makes him good at when it comes to the descriptions and getting a feel for the various places that we're visiting. While on the other hand, I like thinking about the interaction so one way that all of this can just be interpreted is that just the way that my brain works, it could be argued, would make me better when it comes to DMing a higher level game when things are at that kingdom scale of interactions with each other. While Nathan is very good at that kind of slice of life of like, these are the people on the ground. Yeah, that's definitely the case, as we've uh, seen in the more recent episodes of Riftwake, where you can see like certain character interactions really, really showing uh, off the the breadth and extent of 
how um, really going down and making people more um, relatable and really making it more about the smaller scale can bring a bit more um, life to a world. And again, both of those are fine. Whether you want to have like a high level political intrigue kind of game that shows off those high level interactions between various places and the tensions and the politics and the magic and the power and the logic. I said that twice. Logic is good. Um, anyway, it is very much up to any DM what kind of story they want to tell. There are so very many options of how you want to do that. And any story, well, I already said that anything fun is good, and that can just be repeated here. So, Remy, um, this one thing we do need to cover is, that, um, for example, why do you prefer uh, working from outside in? So there's honestly quite a few reasons that kind of interact with each other. So I have gone on many, many a rant throughout the history of this show about how I love a bit of logic in with my magic. Even though I fully accept that magic is magic, I want there to be consistency in how it's applied. So if a magic exists in the world, I love thinking about the effects that that would have. So if you have a spell like Goodberry that with a single level one spell can feed 10 people, then that's the kind of thing that is important in the world. If a spellcaster can just regain their magic and just eat Goodberries, that alone creates a different amount of stress that would be placed on farmers and a different and less focus on farmers would mean more cities or bigger cities. And so you can just have these little, little details that affect how the world would be shaped. And honestly, part of my love to just backtrack a moment, my favorite question in the world is what if I love thinking ad infinitum, what if? What if this or if this, then that and just trying to extrapolate out, hey, wait a minute, if this is the thing, then how would that affect everything else? If you have a world of teleportation, how does that affect transport? If you have monsters between all the cities, how does that affect trade? How does that affect po politics? If there are literally. OK, so my world has sentient dragons. So if you have a dragon that for whatever reason just decides I'm going to go to this city of 50,000 people and I'm just going to fly to their gate and just say, you will pay me fealty or I will burn your city to the ground. That changes things in that humanoids have an incredible ability to distinguish us versus them societally for mostly for the worst throughout human history. And it's part of the reason why there's actually a kind of funny tangent, but there's a lot of people who want an alien invasion so that humans would unite against them and just humans would hopefully be better off afterwards. But whether that is a philosophy that you disagree with or not, if you have an imminent threat, a dragon there, people would hopefully drop their own more petty politics to figure out oh shit, that's an ancient fucking dragon, what are we going to do? So thinking about all of the various magical, monster, political, 
factors that exist in a Dungeons and Dragons world is fascinating for me. And I can just spin off those what ifs infinitely in my mind. So just taking the time to just write down, okay, if this, then that, if that, then this, and just building my own world with, you know, Remy logic applying to all of the various factors that make up a world is just so much fun for me. Like, I think I've already ranted about another fun magic item at one point. There's a thing called the decanter of endless water that is an uncommon magic item. So if you have the money to found a new town, in theory, you should be able to have one of these. And one single decanter can put out, I did the math once, but I don't have it handy, something like 18,000 gallons a day, I want to say, or an hour, maybe, I don't remember, but lots of water to the point where a small village can be fully supported by one of these, even if there is no rainfall. So that would mean there would be oases in the desert that just have like endless water. So the, the fact that magic can basically give nature the middle finger changes where places can be. So changing where places then can be affects, hey, wait a minute, that would mean that you can live somewhere that has a good mine, but no water, and you can get more resources, more resources, more trade, more wealth, more everything. And again, what if ad infinitum, just an infinite, infinite number of what ifs, and I just spin all of that through my brain endlessly, even when I'm not playing D&D, it's what I'm thinking about most of the time. <laughs> and just figuring out, okay, so with all of that said, the hardest part for me is honestly just getting out of my own head and then just figuring out, okay, I have my players. What breadcrumbs do I dangle in front of them? What do I think will interest them? What do I think will scare them away? Uh, actually, sorry, another related tangent, just because useful DM tip, I hope. One of the hardest lessons to get players to learn is when to be afraid of something, when to run away. There is a quote that is very commonly used amongst the D&D community. If it has stats, we can kill it. And that is a very, very common mentality. And it truly is one of the hardest things in a D&D game to try to introduce something as a future threat. Something just to know, this is out there, don't fucking go after it now or you will die. Sorry, uh, that was a lot of Remy ranting. Uh, Nathan? Yes. So as an inside out, the reason why I prefer it is uh, due to, I would say that it gives me a lot of flexibility in regards to what I can do within my world. So anything that hasn't been created can be overwritten. So that, that's generally part of the concept. So like, say if I need, something to be somewhere when I need it there. Uh, it, it basically gives me a lot more flexibility when in, in regards to uh, creating certain moments in my world. So like I need a correct, like a, a certain um, place to be somewhere where there was nothing before. It's a, it's a, it, within the logic of my world, it's a lot easier for me to just put something there, disregard why it'll be there and then have it there, make everything around it suddenly become a certain thing it becomes much easier for me to plop down something and it gives me a lot of flexibility to improv out stuff, which is something I lean towards a lot uh, when DMing. 
So uh, another thing is that in regards to inside out um, building of the world is that instead of seeing if something, okay, so say I created a an ob- obliterator. I keep on pronouncing that wrong. It's really fucking irritating. But uh, an obliterator, um, it's a sort of device that is created by these um, people within my world called um, room workers. And the idea is that it's something that I was like, hey, that's an idea I have. It's cool. What's the logic? I don't give a shit. It looks cool. I pulled it in. And basically, that's part of um, my process when it comes to Inside Out, is that what I want to create, anything, any idea that pops into my mind can't be refuted by logic. And I can basically retcon anything that I don't see as something that would fit towards the feeling of my world. And so if I can create a much more um, specific sort of theme to my world in a way and create a certain feel to it. Thank you. You actually just reminded me of something I very much need to specify that I forgot to, which is that in regards to being outside in the way that I am, I, Remy, am stupidly logically focused. That is not a necessary way of being an outside in DM. It is entirely possible for anyone who wants to, to be an outside in story focused DM instead of the bigger world building focus that I tend to have. So if you want to just build the world, but instead of thinking about interactions to just accept there's magic that can do all kinds of crazy shit and everyone just accepts that fact and to not overthink the way that I tend to, you absolutely can. And in fact, I would encourage you to do so because again, I am logical to a fault. I think too much about unnecessary things. So that leads me to one thing that could be said to be one of the flaws of outside in DMing, which is the fact that it requires far, far more prep work before the game. An inside out DM has much more versatility. They can choose to invest a huge amount of time if they want to towards setting things up. But an inside out DM absolutely has the ability to just say, I have absolutely nothing prepped except the name of the city that I just made up while I was waiting for my players to log on. Like if you want to start with nothing, you can do that as an inside out DM. In theory, maybe if you're really, really good at improving or just bullshit artistry in general, maybe you could pull that off just an improv outside in. But that is extraordinarily more difficult. So the amount of prep work is much harder for outside in. I would say that, yeah, that's definitely the case. And one thing that I do have to say, add on to that, is that um, with such a thing, it's very important to understand that when it comes to when it comes to inside out DMing, you can do many, many things by feel. So if you want to, you can be like, okay, I have all these cities. They all have a certain feel about them. You, just looking at the show, you can, whenever you're in a place, right, you can feel what the place is like. Vanderville, you instantly picture dark streets, rainy sky, because I specifically told, told you about the rainy sky as a note to create this mental atmosphere within your mind. Jarden, it's a bit more like this place, whoa, it's a bit brighter, the streets are nice, but when it gets um, dark, it goes dark and then there's fires and it brings up memories of a dark past, that kind of stuff. It's the feeling behind the thing that really bring allows me to bring across 
certain concepts without having the necessary logic and actual planning to say that, oh, I actually know what I'm doing. But it looks like everything's in place because you have this solid mental picture. Indeed. So in summary, both inside out and outside in DMing have their pros and cons. And both of them are necessary to have a living, breathing world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tears start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, we'll be able to chat with the cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwake, and on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Podcast. And now, send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffsandrules at gmail.com. Have a good one. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.